you don't have to go so far down or have to go so far above in order to get to that moment of celebration. There can be things in the middle. Hi, welcome back to Let It Out and specifically Happy Thank You More Please, a new podcast. This is the second episode in that series. And I'm here with today's guest, Ella, who is the founder of the series, a clothing line that I love so much. Ella and I met in this really kismet, coincidental way years ago and had this conversation so long ago now. It seems like a different world. And it was actually a very long time ago. It was last year. And obviously so much has changed since then. So I wanted to bring Ella back on remotely and catch up on what's changed since this episode was recorded. So Ella, thank you for joining me in this introduction. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? How has quarantine been for you? I've been super lucky. I knock on wood, I'm healthy and my family's been healthy. So that's been really great. And I've been able to spend time. I'm back in like my childhood home. I think there's quite a few people out there who are doing that, but it's been kind of a weird psychological time warp, but um, I feel like very safe and have just been trying to like keep my mind and hands busy and do the work and everything. So I've been feeling, yeah, I've been, I'm I'm very lucky. Well, you, your work is something you can do from there. So tell me about the series and about you and about how you got to create this beautiful creative project and brand that I am so into. Uh, Yeah. So I make reconstructed and reinvented vintage clothing, essentially. So taking fabrics and notions and material that already exists, and then kind of, I think of it as collage, repurposing them and creating these one-of-a-kind pieces that are genderless and seasonless. So that's what the series is. I started the series in 2016, when I was in college, I was in recovery from an eating disorder and I had kind of decided that I was not going to be supporting different brands that, you know, showed a super specific body and type of person in their advertising, like for their models and campaigns and everything. And so that kind of left me in 2012, 2013 with exclusively shopping at secondhand and thrift stores. And then kind of through that, like finding materials that I thought were really amazing or saying like, oh, I love this, but I think if it looked like this and trying to figure out how do I make it look like this? Um, And my mom really helped me uh, learning a lot of like hand sewing techniques and then on the machine. And so that's kind of how it evolved. I just started like basically making clothing for myself and then it expanded from there. It's so beautiful. It's funny. I often fall in love with someone's work and then get into the person behind the work. But in this situation, it is reversed. And I (laughs) really got to know you as a person and then got to know your work. And I am so into it. Your photo shoots and what you share and your process and your ethos is just completely aligned to 
what I believe and feel and it's just beautiful and you're just really fucking talented. <laughs> you know? oh, thank you. Um, and I meant to say this at the beginning, but for people listening, this podcast series, I've been doing Let It Out, an interview-based show since 2013. And a couple weeks ago, I launched this series, Happy Thank You More Please. And I had the first episode come out. It's The title comes from my favorite movie. And the premise is that I have a guest bring something they're happy about, something they're grateful for, and something they want more of. And we use those prompts as a jumping off point to have a broader discussion. And Ella was my second guest to really pilot this series and just kind of see if it would work. And I went over to her apartment in New York in the West Village and we had dinner and recorded this and it was a really fun, magical, connecting, bonding time that feels so far away. (laughs) (laughs) And because of that, that's really why I wanted Ella to come for this intro because all day long we've been voice texting back and forth because we weren't sure if we should release this episode or not, because we were thinking about the state of the world and whose voices need to be heard and amplified right now, and it isn't ours. And this isn't a subject that's going to change the world, but after a long discussion, we did decide to release it. And we've been talking back and forth all day, but Let It Out has been a cozy place. Well, that's very nice, and that's my goal for this podcast is to feel... Somebody gave me this compliment once where she said, at the end of the day, when she comes home and she's been learning a lot and being inspired by content and taking things in, and she just kind of wants to have something to make her feel less alone. And like she's talking to a friend when she's maybe not on the phone with a friend live. And that's what Let It Out has been able to do. And that's really what I want this series, Happy Thank You More, Please to do is to feel cozy and funny and light, which, you know, there's so much heaviness in the world right now. And I don't want to distract from that in any way. And I think putting out this episode, I hope can be a bright spot in someone's day. And I am really grateful, Ella, that I met you and this episode that we recorded lifetimes ago, (laughs) we are we are putting out and I hope it brings joy to whoever's listening. And what's interesting is that, you know, I'm, I was just workshopping this series and this was my second round. So please be patient with me as the host. We jump around a lot. It's not in a traditional format and maybe that can be kind of interesting and fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And everyone check out the series. It's so wonderful and amazing. (laughs) And I will talk to you guys at the end. Today's episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company known for its mushrooms. They have so many products and their mushroom coffee is my favorite right now, but they have all these different powders and elixirs and I've put them in oatmeal before, I've put them in yogurt. They're my favorite. I have even had the founder Taro on the podcast years ago. Their mushroom coffee with lion's mane is really my favorite right now. It helps me focus even more than just regular coffee. Lion's Mane supports productivity and creativity, which is really cool. It also has chaga in it, which is known as the king of mushrooms. And it's one of my favorite 
of the functional mushrooms. This has compounds that have antioxidants in them. It's immune supporting, which is great right now. And I know that you're probably thinking, does this coffee taste like mushrooms? But I can guarantee it tastes great and you don't taste the mushrooms. And what's cool about the mushroom coffee is it doesn't leave me feeling jittery or crashing. And all of Four Sigmatic's products are organic, vegan, gluten-free. Every single batch is third-party tested for heavy metals and allergens and bad bacterias and yeasts and molds, pesticides to ensure our safety, which is really cool. So you know you're getting the highest quality coffee and mushrooms possible. Best of all, Four Sigmatic stands behind their products unconditionally with a 100% money back guarantee. Love every sip or get your money back. I've worked out an exclusive offer for Let It Out podcast listeners. Happy Thank You More Please podcast listeners. You can receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic order. Now is the perfect time to try Four Sigmatic's best-selling mushroom coffee or any of their other products. Just go to foursigmatic.com slash Katie and use the code Katie at checkout. K-A-T-I-E. That's foursigmatic.com slash Katie. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash Katie to receive 15% off your order. Thank you so much for Sigmatic. This week's organization that I want to support and tell you guys about is called Exalt. I found out about Exalt through Kristen Hange, friend of the podcast, my friend, previous podcast guest. She connected with them through someone she met on a plane. And I recently spoke to their founder this week and completely fell in love with what they do. They help kids ages 15 to 19 who have been involved in the criminal justice system. They inspire them and use this powerful combination of structured classes and tangible skill development, individualized support to navigate the education and justice systems, placement and paid internships and an alumni network of resources. They really equip these kids with the tools to avoid further criminal justice system involvement. And the folks at Exalt empower youth to see a future with hope and provide them a roadmap to get there. It's it's really cool. And I loved speaking with the founder. You can find out more about Exalt and how you can support their mission at exaltyouth.org or in the show notes. Thank you so much for doing this, Ella. Thank you. This is my first podcast ever. Wow. That I listen to so many podcasts. What so. are some of your favorites that you listen to? Oh, um, you found me through a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. I found you through listening. Lace, yep. Through listening uh, to Lacey Phillips, but like with you on it. I am a big dissect fan. I don't oh, know. I don't know. Oh, it's like long form serialized analogy of albums <gasps> yeah oh my god why am i not listening yeah, to it it's so good so it's this guy and it's truly like him reading essays essentially that he wrote on like to pimp a butterfly or damn but like cool. all like kendrick lamar tyler the creator <gasps> some kanye so good great but he'll do like he goes into like the music of it and uh-huh. then also the lyrics so, so kind of like genius but a podcast yeah it's like so deep Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So good. That's cool. I feel like we should tell people how we met. So you heard me on a podcast I was on. Yeah. But then we ran into each other in the wild. Yes. 
exactly. So my cousin was like, is in, she lives in LA and she was into like manifestation and listening to Lacey's and was doing like her program. And then she was like, oh, I think Lacey Phillips. Lacey Phillips. And then she was like, oh, I think you would really love this episode. And so she sent it to me and I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, who is this? And like kind of feeling like probably people are always like, hey, um, I think we're the twins and like we have all these things together. I was just like, I'm just going to email you. And then like the next day, and I had looked you up because I was like, who is this person? And mm-hmm. I, that was like the first time I saw your Instagram and everything. So I knew what you looked like. And then the next day we were in That's Grounded. so weird. Grounded is a coffee shop that I frequent. Yes. And you live very close to. Yes, yes. Not I, to. <laughs> don't, don't. No, it's true. You, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I was like, Katie? And you were like, uh-huh. And I was like, I emailed you yesterday. You just emailed me back. It's weird. Hi. <laughs> and I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Now, is that so when sweet. I saw your Arthur sticker or did that? Because we've run into each other multiple times. I think that was set actually a bunch at Grounded. Yeah. I feel like. Well, I mean, I'm there. And same. Yeah. Very yeah. often. That's so, so funny. Um, I think it was after was the Arthur. So that day, then I invited you to come mm-hmm. to a event I was doing. Yeah. And you came. And I came. And here we are. Yes. Like a, over a year later. Yeah. It works out when it's supposed to. So this podcast, I couldn't think of a better second guest, second slash first guest, because Ella and I don't know each other that that well, although we just had a lovely dinner. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like I know you better than I did an hour ago. And turns out you were right. We do have a lot in common because actually I do get that message a lot where I was t- telling Ella this before we'll get this message from people being like I also go to the wing or like I also <laughs> like and it's like a, I, my birthday is also in April or like a weird like obscure thing that's like or not obscure at all that's like kind of a thing everyone does but you and I like we're both only children we both our parents our moms are both one of six like that's yeah, kind of random it's so random and same birth order like they were yes they're the both same, number five yeah. that is that really that's bizarre too and we've just like kept in touch on the internet. We have some mutual friends. We obviously run and stalk each other and grounded often. <laughs> and what's interesting, well, wait, going back to grounded, that would be one of my favorite things. I love that coffee shop. And I've brought it up several times on my podcast. And I've run into a lot of people there who oh, listen really? to oh, it out, God, so which funny. is lovely, like you and and several people. Well, you were not, you didn't start going there because you heard it on Let It Out. But then I was like, oh no, this was like the place I went where I like wouldn't see anyone yeah, and I could just so focus and I didn't have to like. And now like people are there that well, you I know. I mean, it doesn't happen that often, <laughs> but like it has happened a couple times where, and I think it's so sweet where people are like, oh, I'm visiting the city and I wanted to come here because I always hear you talking about it. Oh my God. Which is so, so lovely. But then I'm like, I feel, because I think you've run into me a couple times where I've been like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like focused yeah, on something. Because yeah, you mean, kind of go to a coffee shop to like get stuff done. I actually, when I lived in the village, like for college, I you would go there? Oh yeah. Like I found it and I'm a big loose leaf tea person. Oh, so like right. that's what I look for in a cafe. Yeah. And so they have like such good organic yeah. teas. And so yeah, no, they're my people. Oh, and yeah. all no, the milk selections. Oh my god, it's so good. All, I mean, I love it there the so much. It's don't so go, cozy. It's no one so else co- go. I mean, the thing about <laughs> no one going, it's like I wouldn't feel that way about any other place in New York City. It's different when it's a coffee shop that is 
heavily coveted table space. Oh my god, you can't get I you cannot get a table. You like I only sit at the counter. The count, yeah. Well, what, I feel one, guilty. Do you remember the day that I couldn't find a spot and yeah. I looked so sad and you shared a table with yes. me? Yeah. No, you were like, I'm going to wait. The table was so little. You were like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to wait. <laughs> you invited me and I was like, I, and I didn't end up sitting with you. So what did I do? I don't know. I was doing my work. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I must have just like wandered for a few minutes. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so sweet. You invited me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. it's I. Ha- I do have a magical thing with that cafe where I will go there and I believe that I will always find a table. And I really do think it's true that I either like smile or I just kind of wait a little bit and someone's leaving. There's a lot of turnover or I'll do that thing of like, oh, do you mind if I sit here for a little Mm -hmm. bit? And usually that person will leave or like some, I have done that before. Like I've never gone there and been like, oh, I've got to leave. We're like other coffee shops. I've done that before. Yeah. And you can, and you feel like you can stay there. Yes. Like no one's. Although they, have you been there when they've done the announcement? I I don't listen to that. Yeah. (laughs) I choose not to. And sometimes they do and they're like really lovely and sweet. But other times there's this announcement like, we have a three (laughs) hour rule. And like, ah. I don't know. And then on, I do feel... I'm on hour seven. I and, and I'm like, uh-huh, great. <laughs> I'm just going to go buy something else. This is a great way to warm up the mics for this particular project because, what again, what I was starting to say when I was explaining why you were the perfect person to record this with is because we have so much in common outside of just our parents' birth order <laughs> <laughs> and being only children and loving loose-leaf tea at Grounded. But also, we've kept in touch on the internet Mm -hmm. since we met. And I didn't really know this from us meeting in person, other than I did notice your Arthur sticker very early on on your computer, which was notable to me. And I think I had pants on, too. I think (laughs) (laughs) had Arthur-themed pants. Arthur-themed pants. Yeah, that really, like, I think that was a red flag of, like, this (laughs) is going to be a person of note in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Just like Arthur and DW and the gang. But since then, I feel like every time I post something on the internet, you about art that I like or a movie that I like, Mm -hmm. you immediately are like, me too. And I feel seen. And then we just started talking on the internet more because I was like, I like talking. I'm one of those people who just like kind of likes talking on Instagram to to people, (laughs) even if I don't know them well. And I think this all started when I was rewatching Francis Ha. I think so, yeah. And you were just like, I feel so seen by this movie. And then I was like, tell me all of your favorite quotes. And (laughs) you told me, and we had like some overlap and not all overlap. And it was just fun to talk to you about. So fun. Something I loved. And the whole premise of this podcast is to, talk about people and get to know people through what they love and what they're happy about, what they want more of and what they're grateful for. And so we're going to go through those things with you. And this all comes out of our friend Josh Radner's movie, Happy Thank You More, Please, which when I told you that you were like, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. tell, tell me first a little bit about two things, because for me, it's different. Maybe it's not for you. Like, yeah. what do you say? when you're sleepy and you're like in an Uber or you're on a plane and someone's like, what do you do? Or who are you? Like, tell me about yourself. I, I, oh, I'm just like, I do design. Great. Because, I usually say like, I'm a writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. want to touch podcasting in those yeah. situations. <laughs> <laughs> because I studied urban design. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. And then so that I, works. For yeah. You. Yeah. And then I do like freelance design, but my thing is like sustainable clothing design. Mm-hmm. And so then if someone is like, oh, and 
you know, adds whatever there is, I'll be like, I can probably connect to it in some way. Yeah. But yeah, I'm always just like design. I do design. Yeah, that that is a good it's a good catch all. Yeah. That's how I feel about writing. Like and then people also don't know how to respond. They're just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a this is a good segue to that part of Francis Ha, which I think about all the time. We will eventually talk about Francis Ha. Because it it was what we <laughs> one of our one of the many things yeah. that we connected about. But that is probably of everything in that movie, what I think about the most. Mm-hmm. There's this part where Greta Gerwig's character, Francis, and we'll we'll like do more of a deep dive into this film in a little bit, but she because I'm foreshadowing that you're going to bring it up. <laughs> but, but she there, I think it's when she's at the dinner she's at party. The dinner party, yeah. And someone, we could act it out. Yes, we could. Okay. <laughs> do you want to be Greta? Uh, okay. Yeah. Or do you want me to be the I kinda wanna be Greta. You be Greta. I'm gonna be the so it's a guy, an older adult, adult man. And um, you have to start it. Okay, great. What do you do? Uh, oh, he says something. I yeah, he says, what he oh, is. I'm lawyer do, or something. I'm a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's she's like, that's such a stupid question to ask. Like, why do we ask that in our society? Blah blah blah. It's like a commentary on that. And then he's like, what do you? What do you do? And she's she, and then oh, sorry, I am acting. <laughs> um, what's my line? Uh, it's complicated. Oh, why? Because what you do is complicated. Um, no, because I don't really do it. <laughs> I think that was the order. It might have been, I might have screwed up. No, you the, did great. Okay. Well, the dramatization was great. Okay. Great. You did great. Oh, it, I think people get the gist. I mean, ultimately, I think about that all the time, saying saying I'm a writer, saying having that conversation of asking what you do, and then instantly you feeling like you need something to qualify it or feeling like percent. you need instantly to be able to i mean people say this all the time of like if you say you're an actor it's like well what have i seen you in what have you written if you say you're a writer if you're a designer like if you're a creative person it's it's just automatically more complicated to talk about what you do when you're not someone who has a full-time job Mm -hmm. or a a job that everyone interacts yeah yeah Yeah. or like just like a title where it kind of is just like it describes something the end right or or you can be like at this brand or at this company right right right. it it just makes it a bit more you have to say more words around (laughs) it which can sometimes be exhausting or you can just say i don't do what i do (laughs) right right or i think so are you someone because you mentioned this to me that you say all the time you like quote this movie all like everything so do you do that? Like, it's one thing to do it, like, with your boyfriend. Yeah, everyone. Who can, okay. So you'll... People who don't... Mostly with people who don't get it. Like, Say more about that. Like, I... Well, there's just so many. I So when I saw that you were rewatching last night, today, this afternoon, I was like, oh, God, maybe I should. But I was also like, I could just play it over in my head, mm-hmm. probably. How many times do you think you've seen this film? So I saw it three times in the theater. Okay, wait. Let, let's go back one moment. So... This podcast is about what you're happy about, what you're grateful about, and what you want more of. Yes. So we're starting with, is this something that you're happy about? A piece of art that you love? Because you I really thought- could. I mean, maybe that's what I... Let's do it. Okay. That's well, what, what, were, what were you going to now, say? I like this. The, I like. I was having trouble with the happy. Oh, okay. Because I was grateful mm-hmm. for everything I was happy about. I know. Maybe again. Maybe this form again. You're a, you're a test. <laughs> you're, a, you're a guinea pig here, Ella. You're doing great. Love. But I I'm not sure. I'm not sure the premise of this works yet. So we're just gonna see how it. Flows. it I think it's going to. And I think that specifically, if it's like what 
piece of art makes you feel happy. I think I need to or like okay, great. Yeah, so I need to specify what is this. Yeah. What is something that a piece makes of you art happy? that makes you happy? Like every time you watch it, or every time great. you see that movie, or every time you, I mean, look at a painting, or maybe so that could be. Do you feel that way about Francis Ha so, that it makes you happy? So happy, really? Yeah. Because I, I obviously love the film, but rewatching it last night, I think it hit, a, I'm a bit older than you, so I think maybe that's it, but like, it hit a bit too close to home that it made <laughs> yeah. me very sad. But whenever, so I, I did, I saw it like multiple times in the theater, and when I saw it with my mom, that I was like so, like, oh my god, this but is- But how old were you? I was like- Four. 18. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like 18, but my mom was like, this is a sad movie, Ella. This is not a hat. You know what I mean? She right. was like, this is sad. But I've never felt that way about it at That's all. so interesting. Yeah. I think like my precursor, I, when I have to think of like, what are those movies in my life that like, 13 Going on 30 was like my formative mm. childhood oh, I would movie. love to do a deep dive on that. <laughs> I can definitely do that. And then, and that's another one that I quote with people not understanding. What are some of those? Uh, one yesterday that I did on a, um, on an Instagram post of someone, and I don't think that it got... You know, yeah, was um, she did like a ice ice baby uh lyric quote was, Uh and I said, "Who's cool on the ice and off the ice, ice baby," (laughs) which was like her weird boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't have known that line. Yeah, that's the problem. Is that like it's not the most? They're like niche lines. (laughs) That's so funny. I maybe I have a couple of those from th- thirteen going on thirty. The Jennifer Garner movie from maybe two thousand and four. I want to say or three. Yeah. Yes, I think about that all the time it was as well. Two thousand four. I oh, think. Oh, good memory. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, Ugh. Jennifer Garner, mm-hmm. Judy Greer, 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 who is like always the best friend in all of the uh-huh. romantic comedies that I came of age with, and. There's a couple parts in that that like always stick out in my mind. The when she's in bed eating with a face mask on, eating Cheetos, and the way she like put the Cheeto <laughs> in her to, mouth. And my mom wouldn't like we didn't have Cheetos mm-hmm. in the house, but I would be like anything I could. Yeah, I don't know why that <laughs> I so can visualize that very clearly. And I always wanted Razzles, yeah, which Razzle like were red. like a niche. Yep, and um the part when she is on the elevator with the actual 13 year old (laughs) and she's like how old are you and then she's like me too and then she's like oh used Used to to be be. (laughs) i do that sometimes with children where i'll be like how old are you and they'll be like eight and i'll be like me too used to be (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't land really that that doesn't need to because that's for you in right, that 100%. moment, like that's all it needs to be, and that's what I you. love you. That's why I love you so much, and that's why again I feel like this is like oh, you're the perfect person to workshop this concept with because <laughs> it really does make sense of like what is a piece of art that you're happy with? Like now, thirteen going on thirty is a happy. That's film. a happy. That one, I honestly say, I I've cried the most at, at, at out of the two. Oh my god, that ending gets me every single time. That one like evokes more of a really. Uh, so you're a happy crier. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm a all type of crier. Yeah. Yeah. But that movie, oh god, yeah, at the wedding. 
oh. when she's in the in the yeah, yeah. in the closet. Could have gone either way. Yeah, that sliding doors. That gets yeah. me. I don't think I've ever. Maybe if I cried at Francis Hot Tub, happiness. Wow. <laughs> okay, we need to go into a little bit about. So Francis Hot is a Noah Baumbach. Greta Gerwig mm-hmm. film that came out in 2012, I believe. I think 12 or 13, yeah. Yeah, you can IDMB it, um, but around that time. And it's black and white, mm-hmm. um, which is beautiful. And Greta Gerwig is so wonderful in it. And it's really, like, it's a movie about friendship. It's a movie about loneliness. It's a movie about breakups. It's a movie about relationships changing. It's a movie about being in your 20s. It's a movie about Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's Adam Driver and the guy from the mean, hu- not mean, but the husband in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. And Meryl Streep's daughter oh, Mamie. is in it. Yeah. Yep. And cast. Yeah, it's a really, really wonderful Deeply emotional film. I was I was watching it last night in the bath, and um. So so my, let me tell you my yeah. Relationship I was to I it. was actually gonna ask. I was like, when did you? First I see didn't it? see it when it came out. Okay. I didn't see it in the theater. I think I found it far after 2012, like okay. maybe 2014. Mm-hmm. Maybe was it on Netflix? No, I don't even think I like had Netflix then. <laughs> like, what was? I don't even yeah, remember. I don't know. But I I watched it on my computer by myself. Mm-hmm. I remember like in my apartment in Michigan and was just like hit hard by it. Yeah. Like loved it, felt like I wanted to know everything about it. Just one of those like experiences with it. But I didn't really get it because I didn't live here and yeah. I didn't know there's now. And then I rewatched it. I, I think I just watched it maybe... I maybe watched it a couple times because I liked it so much, mm-hmm. but not much. Yeah. Like it, it, I love that you love it and it makes you so happy because <laughs> I think it's pretty dark. Like, yeah, we, we can like talk about it in more detail and like maybe we'll give some spoilers. But I think it, I didn't understand the darkness when mm-hmm. I was not living in New York and younger. And then I think probably that's what your mom was saying to you of like you didn't you were the I think the darkness of it goes over your head when you're 18 yeah yeah because it's it's talking about you know things that happen when you are nearly 30 of like friendships changing and I think Francis so the it tells the story of Francis who is 27 Mm -hmm. and her best friend Sophie from college from college and they live together and have this lovely but like probably codependent on Francis's end for sure relationship and it's it's really relatable Mm -hmm. and then Francis breaks up with her boyfriend because she he asks her to move in with him and get cats yeah and get cats and she's like no I have to like I'm renewing the lease with Sophie right yeah and then Sophie wants to live somewhere else. Sophie has a full-time job in publishing. Francis is a dancer. Francis can't move to Tribeca. They leave each other. And then Francis moves in with Adam Driver's character. And I don't know his name. The Benji. Benji. Is, that's his name in the, sh- in the movie. In the movie. And these kids are like trust fund kids who don't really 
support themselves with their artists. But Francis is an artist who comes from like a middle class family who like, and and I think one thing in this in this film that they that they do really well is, I mean, I think many things, but they talk about the privilege of, they make the distinction of Francis calls herself poor and comparatively to Benji and Lev. Lev, she is, but they're like, no, you're not a poor person because you have a safety net. And that really is a privilege to like be someone who has a safety net is very you make very different choices. Yeah. Even if your safety net is moving home to your parents or like maybe your your safety net doesn't have to be like a trust fund, but just knowing you have like somewhere to go if you fail mm-hmm. as an artist, I thought was really interesting. And then I think it's interesting that, you know, Francis is successful in the way that like she's somehow supporting herself That's in New York thing. as a yeah. dancer. Who doesn't dance. Who doesn't dance. <laughs> she's like she's a, an understudy. She's an understudy for modern dancer. Yeah. I mean, there is... In to my there's a little like suspension of disbelief of where you're like wait but actually how are you making your rent yeah because very little of the film is her working right so that what they're saying about like I think about her saying that she's poor they're like you can't call yourself so, a poor no. person but that distinction between them and her and there's just so many real moments of like her she goes on a date with Adam Driver's character because yeah. she gets her tax refund and the amount of oh my god that scene i have so <laughs> much to say about that scene but there's also like a difference between like her being poor and like actually someone who is you know right, what i mean because of that safety net like she they show her parents in sacramento yeah, 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 yeah. and she can she could go home she they really... don't help her but like she has she has a safety net where there are people who don't have that and it really gets you thinking of like privilege there, you know? there's a privilege underlying the entire movie yeah that is not even i think like um not even like a subject that's sort of like approached under what is actually there yeah you know what i mean there's very little hints of like some actual things that go on in new york yeah and actual affordable housing or actual right um you know, like even to get a tax return, like that's a privileged thing. Right. You know what I right. mean? So it so is interesting. But what was it that you loved about it when you first saw it? And what is it that keeps you loving it now? I think that this is really the thing. And like not to say it in a cheesy way, but I really don't feel this way about like many things. But like that's where I was like, oh, that's someone like me. So it was yeah. happy in that. Yes. Where same. I like didn't feel like. I yes. Mean, I think even like Jennifer Garner in 13 Going on 30, I was like, oh, yeah, there's me. Yes. Like I'm a kid in like a growing person's body, but I'm like still always feel like a kid. Yeah. Even though it came out like when I was probably 13 or young, wait, younger than that. But like it always just felt like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's me. But for Francis Ha, it really felt that way. And in a time where I felt really lonely. So yes. like 18 like I felt like I was going through similar things with like my best friend. It was so much more than like now that was like a big thing where it was like yeah. feeling like it was a relationship, you know, like yeah. this super strong friendship and to lose that for certain things. And that was really hard. So that was like the first time I think that I saw where it felt so honest and raw, like yeah. mirrored back. And that was at a time, but there was, I just felt like it was so hopeful. Like Mm -hmm. she was so, even though she was sad, there was like this determination of like, 
for her to go to Vassar, like where she went to college and do that summer thing. And it like kind of sucked. But for her to be like, I'm in nature. Yeah. Where are you? She always made the best of things. She was, yeah. And that She goes to Paris on a credit card. And like, it's terrible. That's the saddest part, I think, because (laughs) she sleeps most of the time and like can't meet up with her friend. But like, even that she's able to like, yeah, you're right. That is the, that is inspiring. Yeah. And so that was really, I think the, the biggest part and that has like continued is like no matter what's going on if it's like a friend thing or whatever mm-hmm. i just love oh it's like the happiest attitude yeah. in the world that's that's really nice and i, I think that really speaks to what i want to do with this project of like mm-hmm. how a piece of art you can relate to it and find joy in it regardless of being able to relate to it perfectly yeah like you can have you know our connecting person who connected us essentially Lacey Phillips talks about expanders which is like being able to essentially role models like being able to see yourself in other people and how that's so important to know believe what's possible for you and I think that that's and she always says that you can find those through people you know through people you don't really know well and also through film and Mm -hmm. tv and people that you just look up to and know in like an internet sort of a way. And I think that that's really interesting of like, you couldn't relate to the circumstances exactly of this movie at 18, but you could relate to the feelings. Absolutely. And I think that that's so common in art. And like, that's common, like as a child, if you like any sort of art, basically, you're you're kind of finding like fragments of it to relate to because you're not able to relate to adults in any way. No, and I still have that where like two two things that that's just made me think of like one thing is like I still have that where like I only want to see coming of age stories. Yeah. Like there has to be a teenager or like a kid in it for me to be like, okay, I can relate to this. Just even though I'm like a human, like an yeah. adult. But it's that's something that I've also been thinking about um, probably like within the last few months, but it's like how much those people and like characters and movies and that type of thing has shaped me so like yeah like when I, your personality my personality but also my circumstances and like mm. looking for that in other people too so like 13 going on 30 was my movie like a million percent during that time i decided i was gonna go to nyu like i was in fourth grade and i was like i'm gonna go to nyu i'm gonna do something with fashion oh like God. because she like yeah. i saw what she yeah. did you know and so then like when i did I went to NYU and like would walk by on 12th and 5th is like her apartment where she would come out in the morning and I'd be like oh my god oh it is yeah wow there's just like a like an actual like big apartment building how do you know that that? (laughs) I love research well yeah I love I like love buildings oh so I want to know all the so that's the same actually that's the same building I'm pretty sure about like have you seen mad about you yes yeah so that's where Jamie and they live in that building too yeah Oh, okay i want to do a deep dive in i want to do a new york city tour with you i live for that (gasps) oh my god you should make one they do a lot of those walking tours really could please have you seen the movie arthur yes with greta gerwig and she's a tour guide oh no i've seen the wait there's a remake with russell brand and greta gerwig you've never seen it i've only seen the original i've never seen the original i'm embarrassed to say but the I saw the remake with my mom in the theater. And then my mom told me that it was a remake, but it's fantastic. Oh and I God. wanted to be a tour guide 
because of it. <laughs> because wow, I like Greta watch. Gerwig. Yeah. I think that Greta Gerwig is if if you are a Greta Gerwig type person, yeah, and then you see her, whatever your entry drug with her is. Yeah. Mine might have been Arthur. I don't know. <laughs> but it wasn't too far from when I saw Frances Ha. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, I love you mm-hmm. and I want everything that you do. Do you feel that way I'm about her? It's like a way that she speaks mm-hmm. it's like the pauses the cadence yeah. in her voice it is yeah there's it's so yummy yeah what are some of your other fa- uh, should we even go into ladybird we can definitely go into ladybird i love 20th century women oh she's so good in that. yeah and that's just a fantastic film oh my god so good what yeah. would your favorite greta gerwig Francis it's my favorite movie yeah, yeah same it's my favorite movie like yeah blanket because it's funny because everyone kind of freaked out about ladybird i felt like more than francis ha because uh-huh. it like came out maybe when i don't know more people were talking about it and knew who she was yeah but I and saw- it was like had a lot of i don't think francis ha had any of the same like critical acclaim yeah, did it no. well and no like, there's no like, oscar buzz for so. for ladybird and all yeah. of, mm-hmm. but i when i saw ladybird i was like that was really sweet and like i kind of wish i related more to that character but i didn't like i a million percent was like a francis yeah that's in- so i had a bit of a different yeah. reaction yeah, to ladybird yeah, that's interesting because i deeply related to the mother daughter relationship in that okay. film yeah and to the point where like i saw it once with my boyfriend at the time and then the next day went with my mom because oh my I was like, I need to sit you down and explain. Well, that's what I did with, with Francis Hobb was I went with friends and then was like, ma, come here. That's so funny. Yeah. And then your did your mom have the same reaction that you did? I mean, she was like, it's, she was sad, but it was a sad right. time in my life too. So and like, that's kind of how, that was kind of my mom's relationship to Ladybird. She was like, you think this is our relationship? Oh and I was like, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> Don't you see it? <laughs> like, yeah, but the, the the part that I really deeply related to that I never did, but would constantly threaten doing is like that moment. Of, is, is she an only? Yeah, she's an only yeah. child in um, Lady Bird. So, yeah. And as are we in yeah. this podcast. <laughs> but that the opening scene where she jumps out of the moving I was vehicle, hoping that was what you were going to say. That was to. so... <laughs> visceral for me of how many times I would have like hand on the door on the highway been like (laughs) I'm getting out mom I'm getting out I'm getting out I'm getting out like even now to this day like when I go home to Michigan I don't have a car so like I am basically 15 (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) and so I am trapped in a car getting a lot of questions of like (laughs) my life that I don't have the answer to and a lot of arguing mm-hmm. and I'm trapped in a small space and it is terrifying. <laughs> and you know that where the exit is. <laughs> yeah. There were there I haven't seen that movie in a while, probably since I saw it with my yeah. mom. But I, there were so many like tiny the oh another piece in that movie that I deeply relate to is when she has her first kiss and she's mm-hmm. so high oh. and then she comes home and her mom is like hey, you didn't put away your laundry, like yelling at her and she's like instantly is deflated. Like that feeling, this is kind of dark, but like I really related to that too. And I just like knew what that felt like to like just want to stay in the high, but like you're grounded very quickly by something sad. Uh, Yeah, no, that is hard. That is hard. I think that that is an interesting like, the, the the difference between those two characters, like between the main character and Lady Bird and then Francis, was that like 
they were so much, so different, like such a different, I think there was like certain themes that were super underlying, but like that you were connect, you would connect so much more to one than the other. But like how amazing that like both of those came from the same mind. You know what I mean? Because like, obviously we should say too. So Lady Bird, we can't even get into the synopsis of multiple films in one podcast. You can read the IMDb if you haven't seen it and definitely see it. It's also great. But it that character, Greta Gerwig wrote and directs that movie, but she doesn't act in it. Right. Yeah, she's not yeah. in it. Um, but the main character, Lady Bird, in the film, I could almost see, because she ends up going to NYU, uh-huh. I could almost see her as that could be a, a prequel to Frances Ha. Can you, can you see that? As like... Um, After NYU... She stays in the city oh, and true. becomes Francis. I could, although I think the thing with she, I, she for me, it felt like a different, a different type of a person. Mm-hmm. Like it was a similar. Like I think they could be friends for sure, but like Lady Bird had more. It was a little more grounded. She was a little more grounded. Yeah. Where I think that like one of the things that like when I think of Francis, it's just like magic. It's so magical that like all these things would happen. And I don't, I wouldn't know how she got from one place to the next where with Lady Bird, it was like, I'm going to college. I'm doing this. I've filled out these applications. And with like, uh, she's like, she didn't even know how to like use her debit card. You know what I mean? Or like, it was much more where you're like, how did you get like these 27 years by ish yourself? Like, how did that happen? But it was like a dance. It's like a beautiful yeah. dance where I think that Lady Bird felt much more directed. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like she knew where she wanted to go and she was going to do it. And she was trying to escape something yeah. and it just had to be that way, which I, d- I deeply relate to that yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the things, and this was actually when you were telling me about like the prompts, like one of the things the, that I was thinking of being grateful for was, yeah. um, was like, uh, in tuned intuition mm-hmm. that I feel like I'm really in right now where like I can think something and then it feels very fruitful and like the opportunity is there or like someone will send me a letter that I like was just thinking of or and I do come that but following I, the charm totally as so we both are TM meditators yeah. and that's a big concept of this meditation tradition that we both came up in which is maybe you can explain it better than than I can. So TM um, has been around for a really long time, but it was like brought to the yes West by the Maharishi in like the sixties and made very famous by like the Beatles. Mm-hmm. But it is like a mantra based uh, mindfulness meditation, and everyone's given like a their own mantra yes. from the Book of Vedas, and you learn one to one. We did a podcast yeah. episode to it that I can okay, I can yeah. link to. But specifically, follow the charm. Yeah. Like, how how would you describe that in in general and in TM meditation, and then how it like is that what you're kind of talking about? It's when interesting because you... I never learned with those words. Really? I've, yeah. But I've heard them. Okay. But that was never really a part of like my TM practice at all. So but Ella I think a learned part of when life. she was yeah. six sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very cool. Yeah. Did you learn through the David Lynch Foundation? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think maybe that had okay. to do more with it because I learned just for, like from the TM like uh, organization. Like okay. it wasn't David Lynch. But 
I do find it like when I'm meditating more or when Mm -hmm. I'm like eating what I actually want to eat more Mm -hmm. or like doing the things where like if I'm having like a little bit of like, oh, what's over there? And then I follow that, which is, I think, sort of what like following the charm is. It's intuition, I think. It's like I find this so often. It's like maybe I can tell a story to explain it of like when I do. I don't want to say that I'm adverse to saying this word about it, but it's the only one I can think of right yeah. now when I do what's right. And what I mean, right. I mean like staying on the side of truth and goodness and what feels correct, right? Yeah. Like what feels good and decent. And like, I believe that the universe and human beings are all connected mm-hmm. and there's this inherent charm when we lean into that and I think we block that when we're trying to control when we're distracted when for me it's it really comes in where all my addictions kind of go Mm -hmm. so it's like overworking controlling food obsessing and when I let go of those things and I'm present then you can start to notice the charm and you can start to notice the pings and that's what I really see and I think what we both are attracted to in Francis's character yeah. is that she's really present and she has to be. And like, I think when you were saying like, how has she made it 27 years, like not really knowing how to use her debit card and all of those things. It's like, she's gotten by on a lot of charm, yeah. which has forced her to be very present to Absolutely. you. would You would have to be very present to be able to follow that intuition. And I think it, it speaks to her being a dancer because being in your body will really help with that. Yeah. yeah, And this is a character who is very in their body and something that like we both have had, we both want to leave our bodies. I think with our addiction of like, you know, wanting to control what we're eating and having restrictive eating disorders, that's like getting you out of your body. And so anyway, sorry, this is a long, I want to hear what you were going to say. You're like saying it. You're like saying it. You went there. Well, I want to hear, I want to hear your version of this, but like I have a recent story where I feel like I did the right thing. And you know how like, I I feel like this was like always on the chalkboard when I was in middle school and Mm -hmm. elementary school is like, what is popular isn't always right. What is right isn't always popular. But it's like so fucking true, yeah. you know? Yeah, what was your well, thing that happened? Well, I'll tell you, but I think for me, the biggest thing where I think about that is when I think about diet culture. Uh-huh. Because I think what is popular is to thin, you Absolutely. know? What is popular is thin privilege. What is popular is like wellness right now. Mm-hmm. What is popular is to, you know, have kale and sit on your hands. And especially in New York City, it's like it's praised yeah. to essentially have an eating disorder. Yeah. And I've been, I've like kind of come up in that world to like, that's so easy for me to be there. But when I do the right thing for me is to like listen to my body and not obsess about it and be present and like care more about creative work and other people mm-hmm. than the very narcissistic way I can get, which is maybe narcissistic is aggressive, but the selfish thing for me to do is get so obsessed with controlling food and my body that I'm not a very nice person and my work suffers and my relationship suffers. And so anyway, all of this to say the story is that the other day it was raining. I was, I had to drop something off at my best friend's place around the corner and so I was like, oh, it was like a Sunday night kind of late. And I had, I like never have food in my apartment. I'm like Carrie Bradshaw with the ovens in the, <laughs> um, or ovens in the sweater, sweaters in the oven. Um, and so I like 
went around the corner, dropped off the thing I needed to drop off. And then I was walking home and I was really hungry, but I was like, oh, I don't like know what I want to eat. I could like, I, could, you could go different. Ways. I could go a different way yeah. with this. And I decided, and I was feeling really low and kind of sad and like bummed. And I was like, you know what? It's cold. It's rainy. I'm going to go into this ramen place, just mm-hmm. like a random ramen place. And I'm going to, I'm going to get ramen by myself, which like I never, eat by myself in restaurants. Like I want to say that unless I'm like traveling, but Uh like I don't really do it in New York. Um, And I was like, I'm going to do this. I was like wearing pajamas. I didn't have a bra on. (laughs) And I just like sat there at the bar eating ramen, which seems like very sad. But I feel like the universe rewarded me for doing the correct thing. Because then right after, there's like this handsome man sitting like next to me, also eating alone at the ramen bar. We make eye contact, but both sit there next to each other eating our ramen. (laughs) We don't speak. And then we're both leaving. And like we start talking. He asked for my number and like whatever, whatever. We like went on a date, but like nothing came of it. But the the in the moment, I didn't know that. In the moment, I was like, oh my God, we might get married in this all. You know what I mean? But it felt like instant magnetism or instant like, okay, when you when you do when you listen and do the heart, like for me, that was really hard. Mm -hmm. That sounds like no, I mean, I silly, really, but like that was really hard for me to go and do that and eat that because I want to control. I want to like only eat my specific things and yeah. do this like disordered eating way of being. And anyway, that was a long story of just trying to explain that point of I think we're reward. I, I mean, maybe it's karma that I'm trying to say. I mean, I, I, it's who knows? Like, right. I'm also like, fine not to know right just but to like pick up on like that when those when you do those things that's kind of the thing that follows and it might just be like it could just be like that's how i'm looking at the world but like i want to look that way right that's Placebo, how i want to care yeah great mm-hmm. i i hope it is because then right. like maybe it'll be more consistent right but I, that's like very truly one of the things that i was thinking of is like i it, like with my recovery in an eating disorder like i feel like i'm further along than I've ever been in my process where mm-hmm. I've like relapsed and stuff, but I feel like I've never come this far of like feeling this free and everything. And so, so much feel like I'm, there's like a reward to it and that could be mood oh. or that could be, yeah, whatever it is. But in, you know, there are days where I'm like, I have a sinus infection and like, I don't want to, you know, like I don't right. feel great or whatever, but largely it's like I bounce back better yeah. or like I bounce back quicker or yeah. certain things like I feel like I'm more able to do it and and I think that like that that is one of the things that felt so attractive and is so attractive about Francis's yeah. character is that like very rarely in the movie do you see her like getting so she, you know she does whatever that she's following and then like is rewarded with a boyfriend like she goes to Paris and like the day she, uh, when she comes back she's trying to like hang out with friends and everything and the day she comes back they finally get her message and are like yeah. oh my god and it's perfect timing because like this guy's here and I think you're really gonna love him and oh, like he's divorced and all this stuff and but she keeps going so like I love that it's like she's still doing what feels right to her, even if she's not being rewarded in that exact mm. moment or in like that year. Yeah. But like it comes around, you know? Right. The Yeah. And and it just like it's like the hope that it's like the trust that that is going to be in place no matter what. Yeah. And 
I think maybe part of that is like another one of our favorite quotes that we agreed on that we had like shared was I like things that look like mistakes. And I think that that's a part of it is like liking that, not being afraid of that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like actually leaning into that or actually being fine with whatever the mistake is along the way and being like, that's still a reward. Because I think this is something that again, to to bring up Lacey, her work teaches everything that I've, what I was trying to say with following charm and following things that feel correct. Human design teaches this, kind of every spiritual tradition, Mm -hmm. not every, but a lot of them teach the same few things. It's like being really present, Mm -hmm. which Francis definitely is, and being yourself, like being authentic. Yeah. And I think we're rewarded when we take off the layers of masks that we wear. Yeah. But but that's an interesting conversation to Frances being herself because I think there is, that's what's such a beautiful arc of the film is that she becomes more herself mm-hmm. because especially at the beginning in that scene with Adam Driver when she she essentially gets her... She meets Adam Driver's character at a party. He asks for her number with a very funny line. Do you yeah. remember the line? Well, when he texted right. her, was ahoy sexy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which I have a friend and we'll be blocks away from each other. And if you can like kind of see the person, we scream it. Oh my God. That <laughs> makes me so happy. Yeah. I would like that to be our text um, uh, greeting it, from now on. Definitely. Great, 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 great. Anyway, they, she gets this, check and she's like hey let's go to dinner and then when the check comes she's like i've well i well this is one of your favorite lines maybe you should say it oh i'm sorry i'm not a real person yet wait is oh that, no oh when not did she that one. say i was thinking about you got this money wise that's later oh, when is that, that one okay this is i know exactly where it is okay it's where she's at a bar with pat uh, oh, patch, patch and and yes and, and she's real drunk and she's like patch you got this money wise <laughs> yeah wait we haven't even gotten to Patch, so we have to come back to that because that is a great line. And I I never, that one, that's what's interesting about films because like that never stuck out to me. But <laughs> yeah. then when you said it to me, when I rewatched it, I was like, that line is hilarious. So Why did that never cross my mind? But anyway, so back to the scene with Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I had such a visceral reaction to that scene last night where I related to it and felt so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. And... A lot of this movie has moments like that, but again, I it it is very happy for me too, and it is it's more positive. But in that scene in particular, I felt uncomfortable because I related so much. Yeah. So she she's constantly apologizing. Yeah, she's constantly like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." I'm so like, and just you can tell she's like kind of being herself, but like not quite because she's on a date and like maybe likes him and she she asked him to dinner. So she's very adamant that she's going to pay and then she can't pay for for some reason her card gets they don't have they don't take debit they just take credit, credit or cash yeah right and so she like instead of just being like oh yeah you can pay whatever she like bends over backwards runs t- to an atm around the corner down the street ends up falling to the point <laughs> that she's bleeding yeah. she comes back and adam driver's like where have you been 
And then she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. Oh no, she. I think he says like, "Did you go to Spain, Swiss- Switzerland?" Switzerland yeah. did you go, and he she that goes over her head. Have I been to Switzerland? <laughs> right. She totally like doesn't really get it. And then she's sitting there and like trying to pay. And he's like, "Oh my god, you're bleeding." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, re- but somehow she's still apologizing. She's yeah. like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." No, I'm so sorry. And I wrote an essay for my column for the fullest mm-hmm. about it was called "The Girl Who Cried Sorry" because Ooh. I over apologized. I get it from my mom. I'm like, I could run, I could bump into, someone could bump into me. And you're gonna. And I'm gonna apologize. And it's something that I do. What I realized, unpacking this a lot in therapy and writing about it, I realized it was a big thing in my last relationship where like my ex-boyfriend would get really upset with me when I would apologize because we would get into an argument or have a conversation and I would just want it to be over. And so Uh I would just apologize and take responsibility. And he was like, no, 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 you're not sorry. You just want it. You just want to get to the dopamine of like, it's okay where you can't do that. You need to actually like move through it and learn about someone. And so it's been this big like arc of my life is like trying to, and I think as women, we apologize more in general. And that's kind of what I think this particular conditioning. And then there's like other layers. Yes. And I think this really like spoke to that in a, in an interesting way, but I had an experience where I was in Berlin. They like take credit card nowhere, like everywhere takes cash. And I had a very similar experience where like I wanted to take my friends to dinner and (laughs) I thought that they would take card at this place and they didn't. I was like, no, 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 I got this. And I fully like left and I'm running around and no one speaks English and I'm like trying to find an ATM. (laughs) And like I came back and I was like, (gasps) I got it guys. And they were like, the exact same thing happened. It was too, too Too close. close. I've had a lot of those with Francis Ha this year of like, I went to Paris on a pretty sad alone trip. Like, yeah, I've had a lot of, and you read Proust. No, not quite that. (laughs) But I totally agree. And I think that's the happy because I don't think I'm ever going to change. Like, I just, I don't think I'm ever going to learn like, to always have cash instead of, you know what I mean? Like it's not something I feel like I'm ever going to grow out of. And so then to see it and it being like, it's so sweet. Right. I love, like if I had a friend like that, I love her. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a part of it that to me is like, it's okay. You're good. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, you're bleeding. Like it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I think you see growth in Francis in the film for sure. Like, that scene with Adam Driver to the end of the film, it's not like she's a person who is suddenly wearing business suits and Mm -mm. changes who she is, but she becomes better at being herself, which is like a theme of this podcast and a theme of Josh always says that about his characters that he writes. He's like, I will make a movie about a heroin addict, but I want to see them get sober. He's like, I want to see people not change necessarily, but get better at being themselves. And I always think about that in life. And I think that that's something that I love about this film where like Francis and it's, it's an arc about her, not like fine. It's a, it's about friendship and an an arc of that relationship. That's the dominant relationship in this film. And they give kind of a nod to a potential relationship with her and Benji Benji at the end, but it's not even really about that. But the biggest thing that I, what I see, which I think is so beautiful is like, she really, comes into her own in her work where she mm-hmm. not gives up on her dream of being a dancer, but she leans into what is working and she's like, all right, that what is going well is 
choreographing. Yeah. And so at the end, you the first time you see her come into her own in her career, and like it's like this beautiful culmination of the film. At the end, she makes this dance and everyone all the characters are there her friend and her roommates and her teacher and it's so beautiful to see this arc of a person who leaned into what was working and became better at being herself she didn't change but she grew it's true and it's also like the people around her did change like the relationships did like Sophie's married at the end of right. the movie and stuff but there are some things that have changed but some things that haven't and it's like such a beautiful yeah. mix of it what I, I think what both of us really love about Frances is that she's very herself in every mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end that yeah. is something that like doesn't she's never pretending to be something she isn't she's never faking it She's very comfortable as herself throughout the film, which I found so attractive and oh, so yeah. expansive to me the first time I watched it when I lived in Michigan and I didn't relate to any of the like New York housing things that are pretty specific, yeah, you know, totally. that you wouldn't like you deeply relate to when you're here yeah. or like, and that's the kind of the arc of this, this date she's on with Adam driver. She ends up living with them. And like, uh -huh. that's something that like only happens in New York where you could oh, like go on everyone, a date with someone and, and then everyone knows each other and right. like, Oh, who do you work for? Oh, I slept with her little brother and this right, and that, like right. there's so much of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, can kind of probably happen anywhere, but like, it's, there's a lot to relate. It it really is a love letter to like living in Brooklyn and like living in New Manhattan York. in yeah. New York. Yeah, it's a very very accurate portrayal of that. But oh, what I was starting to say earlier about like Greta Gerwig, I think it would be interesting to because that distinction of like there are pieces you can see pieces of Greta Gerwig's in her writing of like she's from Sacramento they they used her actual parents yeah. and yeah. her act for for this this film and obviously Lady Bird and her dog her parents dog, oh really sure, yeah um and their church I think yeah yeah the um, and they they go back to Sacramento for one scene in this movie where she goes back for Christmas and obviously Lady Bird takes place in Sacramento and it's a love letter to her hometown and then this and that's another piece of Lady Bird that I was trying to tell my mom of like I where I grew up feels very much they say it's the Cal the Midwest of California and uh, I grew up yeah, in the yeah, actual yeah. Midwest <laughs> um, so I that's do funny. I do relate to like that feeling of your hometown. But I think, like I said, there are pieces of Greta Gerwig that are autobiographical and Frances Ha, like Sacramento, but obviously, like, she is not living in New York in that sort yeah. of a way. She's a, a, she's a star, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. like, she was, that wasn't obviously her exact story, but I bet she knew that story. Yeah. And to, enough to tell it. Totally. And I, I, so this kind of leads to the, to where I was going with like what I want more of. Oh, great. Yeah. We didn't plan this out, but I came across a New York Times article where they were interviewing him about Greta. And one of the things was like, what about her like has enhanced your life or something along those lines? And he said, she knows how to celebrate everything. Like, and that, yeah. And that he, is one to put it off and be like, the next thing is going to be what you celebrate. And and that accomplishment's not enough. Or mm. I would be proud, but if it were in this circumstance or, you know, whatever it is, but that she in like everything can find what uh, there is to celebrate. And that's just like, isn't that what we're all doing? Yes. But like, that's so much personally, the work that I've been, I've been doing is like, 
noticing how hard it is for me to celebrate and like how mm-hmm. ha- you know i much easier to celebrate someone else yeah but for me to actually like take a moment and be like it's okay like i don't have to say like it's the same thing as like well i don't do like what do you do i don't really do it yeah. because i'm like i don't know if it's worth at this point celebrating or you know like having these goals or you know sort of milestones that are like predestined and Mm -hmm. or you know or just like that you're supposed to meet and that's when you can actually live in it and that she's so good at that and that's one of the things I think you see all throughout the movie oh yeah yeah. oh I love that so much and before we were recording we were talking about being freelancers and just being a person who it's interesting that word celebration I think the markers that we I'm probably more on the Noah Baumbach side of like feeling like I need to deserve a celebration, but I also, I love them and I need them. And I think we all deeply do as human beings. And I think when I had a full-time job, I would get maybe not celebrations, but I would get a sense of completion Mm -hmm. where completion warrants a celebration in your mind a little bit. Yeah. Even just like chemically. Great. Right. Great. Done. Like, (gasps) Okay, it's like an exhale. And I think as a freelancer, I'm constantly having to give that to myself. And yeah. that's a bit challenging. And it, I was just writing about this recently where I a friend pointed out to me and how only close friends can do when they can really see your blind spots. And I think this is like a lingering eating disorder thing where she was like, you're really bad at knowing how to rest. You're really bad at feeding yourself, nourishing yourself, taking care of yourself. Like I constantly feel like I need to earn it. Like I will like wait all day or I'll do like, I got to get these four things done and then I can do it and then I can do it. But like they're never that, there's never that moment where it's like, yeah, now is the time where I can really, really settle into it. It's like with anything, it's like there's never a good time to have a baby or like that saying, you know, there's never a good time to sell. Like you're never, you're never going to get that sense of completion so you could go through your whole life like, waiting and I feel like I know people like this this friend who pointed this out to me is a good example of this of like she's someone who doesn't have to earn sitting down and watching a movie at the end of the day or making herself a nice meal and plating it and like doing something nice for herself she's good at being nice to herself and I that's something that I have to like cultivate for myself and I think Greta seems like someone who's inherently good at that and it's interesting you said that word celebration because I was specifically thinking about that word because one of my best friends has a baby and I taught him this word celebration oh my gosh because I was visiting and he had to go to swim class and he was like dreading it and he didn't want to go and I was like oh if you go to swim class we can have a celebration after and he was like celebration celebration not every time I come to town like that's the one thing he remembers about me is like celebration like that's what he like calls me and I wrote him like this letter or like I wrote it in this essay or this like little thing I wrote I was like Osh, you don't have to, I made a mistake teaching you word, that word in that context because if you become a freelancer, which you probably will because that's like where the world is heading, you're going to have to be responsible for making your own celebrations and you don't have to earn them. You don't have to earn it after some class. Like, in fact, you should stop and celebrate. And I think we would actually all be more productive and more useful in the world if we 
take care of ourselves unprompted and rest and celebrate because I learn better through encouragement than yeah. shame and guilt. Uh, same, 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 same. It is. It, it really is. And that was like, when I read that, I like screenshot it. I like sent it to my therapist. I was like, the, I, and it was the same thing as like seeing the movie where I was like, want to come see where I was just like, this is what I want more of. Yes. This is really like put into words what, is missing and I think is missing from so many people and being able to celebrate each other is so wonderful. And I think it's a lot easier for people like us to celebrate other people. And then to just have like that reminder of that word is probably enough. Yeah. So something that you're happy about right now. It's probably like the connection, like feeling seen in such a very personal, personal way where like, you can only identify it when you see it. So like that, I don't think yes. I could have said like, okay, there's going to be a character and she's going to be like this and she's going to be a modern dancer, but then also live here and then move here and then whatever. It's just like seeing it and being like, oh my God. And it's there whenever you need it, yeah. you know? So that like today I was able to be like, I'm going to turn it on and I, I'll just have that. But it feels like it's always there as like a little bit of like a, okay, I know where we are. <laughs> yeah, this is to feel articulated so by good. art mm -hmm. is so important and really brings up the conversation of like how important representation is yeah. to see yourself portrayed. And not only this is a whole different conversation, but the importance of body diversity, the importance of diversity, period, the importance of racial diversity. This is like a whole different conversation mm -hmm. that, you know, we have to like check the fact that we're two white yeah. women talking yeah. about this with like so much privilege. But it's just another argument for how deeply important it is to see yourself and in media. And that there's not like one way of, right. there has to be all of these amazing discoveries and like creations and sculptures and yeah. pieces of art and movies in order to find the one that's going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. And it's, that's such a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. It's like such a beautiful it thing is. of like there, it makes the argument of like, there's enough for everyone. Yeah. It makes the argument for keep making things, mm -hmm. keep trying, keep making art because you never know who will be able to relate to it. It really is true and super true about the not judging what you're creating yeah. is like because you don't know how there's there's like an amazing Martha Graham quote that is so long that is basically being like there's only one of you and you're a vessel and don't judge anything that comes out of you and like by judging it you are going against a grander picture essentially mm -hmm. there's like it's so well articulated but it's just being like don't judge what you make and just make it and yeah. that like that's what you know and if it's coming from like this purest highest form of like expression it's coming through you like yeah. you're a vessel and it it does i think some of the best work that is truly and actually this is like a whole different thing but i'm pretty sure that i saw you and you were like oh, i just saw the helm off clint and then i like went with my cousin who introduced that's how I was like, while well, we were, I think, I mean, I, it was like on my brain, but I was like, Cora, I think we should go. And we went. Well, I and mean, talk about like someone, a vessel, yeah. something coming in from very you know, magical. Yeah. Really, really beautiful. But wow. yeah. Find that Martha Graham quote. I, I want to, I want to read that. 
there it was in the bathroom of my favorite restaurant really? that closed in 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 New York and so what I was the restaurant Siggy's on Elizabeth Street oh, I know oh, oh my god it moved to North Carolina I'm then sorry it closed. for your loss thank you <laughs> it's so sad but yeah uh it, it was on the bathroom wall wow. and I would go in there like a few times and be like I could memorize, I memorized wow. it. Yeah. I would love to have a podcast about my favorite bathrooms in New York. Ah, so good. I have a several. I the bathroom at Dimes is a uh-huh. delight. Yes. Great smelling, um, mirror situation, lighting. Uh-huh. There's a couple good ones. Cafe Lalo on the Upper West Side. Oh, I've never really great wallpaper. Ooh, great. Let's maybe that should be a, like a text chain we have. With I think each that's other. good. I think that's good. A, ba- bathroom selfies around the city. <laughs> yeah. We could start an Instagram if it really takes. Um, okay, so that's that's what you're happy about is yes. like seeing yourself in art. The importance of that. The importance of like. I think what what really got me about Francis and about Greta in general, because I I get this sense and a lot of things she's acted in of the the way she speaks. You were talking about it a little bit with the the pauses and the and it's like this every interview I hear with her too. Mm-hmm. Like after Francis Ha mostly, and from that point forward, really. Yeah. Every interview she's done and every time I have an opportunity to hear her speak, I just like it. Like it just makes me feel better. I like, she's someone I just like being around. I feel that way about you. I feel that way about a few people in my life who are just sparkly, sunshiny people. (laughs) And She has that. She really, really does. And I think that at my best, I have that too. And I kind of know when I'm out of alignment is when I'm not, feeling that way and so to be around people and hear people feeling that way and I'm sure Greta doesn't feel that way 24 7 um but we're kind of seeing the best parts of her yeah and in Francis and in those interviews and um to be able to relate to parts of a person being themselves helps me to be myself yeah yeah. And you are very sparkly and shiny and wonderful. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> okay, so what is it that you are grateful for? You touched on it, which was your intuition yeah. and feeling really connected to that. So is that new for you? I think that I go through periods of times where I'll feel it very much feels cyclical or or like a yeah. I guess maybe I, I don't want to say cyclical because that makes it feel like it has to get bad and then good, but like mm-hmm. it goes up and down where it's like I feel more connected or tuned yes, in or I like and and I think it has a lot a lot a lot to do with presence and just truly following where it's like what is it that I'm saying like I'm actually like the part of me that's like the most Francis Ha is wanting me to do like not something that feels eating disordered or controlling mm-hmm. or whatever and feeling like that I I'm in a place like that and that I'm feeling like more connected to that than I think I have in a very, very long time since I was like a child. What do you think has helped? I think, I think um, it's like a chain. It's like a domino. So I think that like getting to a point in my recovery from an eating disorder where like I'm able to make fueling choices for myself and like not obsess about things that were so, so limiting. And, and then to be like, so far along in that that to go back feels like no it doesn't that's not that's not gonna happen you know um and then really cool yeah and then congratulations thank you that is something to celebrate yeah yeah thank you well and so and years years you know worth of 
ups and downs and everything. But I think that has been a big fueling part. But then I think also like doing my own work and giving more time to that or like being able to um, sit down and watch a movie in the afternoon if it's raining or, you know, those things where it does feel like more refueling and then you like have more energy to go out and connect with people or to make what you have to do or, you know, make what you have to make or it's just like being in alignment with that. And I think that's something that I, I have seen so much in that character and that I've like wanted for so long. And so to feel that connection, not just like the loneliness or like the kind of, all over the place or like running on the street or dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lovely connection to have. Mm. I feel like Francis has those qualities. I feel like you see that arc in the film. Like you see her being sparkly and things falling into place for her as often as you see her. Like, cause I I relate deeply to what you said about not necessarily it being cyclical, but it be it coming and going. Yeah. And I feel that way. I call it being a sparkly person. Yes. Okay. And so things kind of happen for you get the, the, your lucky number, you sit by the person on the plane and just kind of these like magical like winks for the from the universe. Yes. Like that story I told about the like silly ramen thing. That sort of thing. And I will go through periods where those are happening at a clip. Yeah. yeah. Like boom, 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 boom. Like to the point where it's laughable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll go through periods where it almost feels the opposite. Like my umbrella is turning up yeah, and I'm absolutely. like, like that honestly happened to me in Paris. Very similar. I kept like joking to the trip, the entire trip of like, oh my God, this is like, this is so Francis Ha sad. And like, if it landed a lot, but some people who hadn't seen it, it was I was having a Francis moment. This is very meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, get yeah. it. But anyway, I feel like that, you know, ups and downs with it, it that contrast is life. Like from a very like Abraham Hicks talks about this all the time mm-hmm. of like you, you know, it's like that saying like you have to have the good days. You have to have the bad days to so, make the good ones yeah. good. Like yeah. I do think that like at part of the human experience is to not feel sparkly all the time. Mm-hmm. But what I sense from you is that the thing you're grateful for about being connected and being in your intuition and following the charm and like being in that flow state, that sparkly state as busy Phillips calls it sparkly. Lacey Phillips calls it being magnetic. Abraham Hicks calls it being in the vortex. Like you can call it karma. You can call it spirituality or God or like whatever it is Mm -hmm. being connected. Like I think the trick to feeling good is making that comeback time quicker. It's not about staying in the flow. It's about, I just don't want to go down so low because when you go down so low, it's harder to To come come back up. A million percent, a million percent. It's like putting a little bit of a trampoline in there so that like, you know, if you're going to go down again, but maybe to like allow yourself to bounce, like put something in there where you can like bounce back up a little bit. (gasps) What are your trampoline things? I mean, I think that like a large thing has been like, like I, there are certain things with eating where I'm like, I know if I go down mm. this certain road, that's not going to be good. Yeah. So something like that. But then I think also like, definitely like I have certain movies or of taking days off and like knowing that, like seeing certain people, like that's going to be nourishing. Yeah. 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 Where it's just going to be like, okay, this is like a little bit of a buffer. Yeah, a buffer. And like, I can give myself that and I don't have to go so 
far down yeah. in order to deserve to come back up. And that really is like the celebration thing. It's like, you don't have to go so far down or have to go so far above in order to get to that yeah. moment of celebration. There can be things in the middle. And yeah. I'm such like a black and white Same. thinker. Same. Yeah. So anything in the gray area, I'm like, I, I can't know. celebrate. I, or... think, I wonder if that's a very eating disordered. I think so. Tendency of to look at things as like, and or. Yeah. And I realize, like in a lot of my relationships, I've I've been with people who kind of just are more in the middle, mm -hmm. and I I don't know if I want to be like that because I think my highs wouldn't be quite so high, yeah. and I think I could really benefit by being a bit more in the middle. But I don't know if. But again, going back to what we were talking about about Francis, like that will never be me. Like I'm just never going to be someone who's totally in the middle. Yeah. And you know, that's a part of what I'm saying is like maybe like oh, I have depression or like yeah. I have anxiety, which is true. But like also, I think you know, I, I think it's about making those lows not quite so low, and again, not getting so attached to the highs Hi. because with the highs, I'm like. <gasps> I want to stay here. I know. And you then feel like, I don't know if I can enjoy this fully because right. what's going to happen next? And, right. and yeah. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, moderation is rough. It's hard oh. for us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I just want to like underline one more thing that you said here before we move on to what you want more of. But I think we are rewarded for, for doing good and for being, I believe the world works as like when we help other people, when we are connected to other people, when we care about other people and art and things outside of ourselves, I think that is good. And I think that I believe that the universe responds to that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think you saying that you've been in a good spot and you've been feeling more connected and more intuitive really shows how good you are and how well you've been doing in your recovery and as a person and with your art. And that's really impressive. And I'm really proud of you. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. No, I mean it. And I think anytime as this is such a I'm so, I didn't even know how great this conversation would be. And it's like exceeding my expectations because of this eating disorder piece connected to this art, I think is really interesting of like, anytime you are, this is, this is my belief and yeah. I want to see what you think of this. Anytime you are controlling or obsessing or beating yourself up about what you ate or thinking about what overthinking in relation to your body or food I think you are cutting off communication with your intuition, a million with percent. magnetism, with God, spirituality, however you want to mm -hmm. say all of that. I think that that blocks us. Absolutely. And that's why it makes me so sad when I, it's like any addiction, you know, anytime you're turning to something outside of yourself mm -hmm. to fill you up or to distract you, you're cutting off communication and you're not present. It's true. And I think that it's also working from like, I need to plan out all of this stuff control. specifically like to mm -hmm. control it. But then your body is and your brain is reacting in a way where it's like, oh, my God, there's a famine. And like we have to we're yeah. going to be obsessed with this. And now we can't think of anything else except for fueling yourself. Right. And, and so it really is like coming from this mindset of like we're on lockdown and we can only care about one thing. And that's like keeping the organs going or yeah. whatever that like metaphorically is for like any type of addiction or, you know, right. whatever it is. And then you can't even you don't even know that there's an outside world going right, on. Right. And so when I, I totally agree that when you are able to sort of 
it's just keeping those channels open mm-hmm. of of being like, all right, I'm going to give up a little control here, but like something else might be able to come through because I'm not like this scary watchdog yeah. looking out for like whatever that scary food is or, yeah. you know. Mm, I'm really, this really shows how great you're doing in your recovery that you're so connected intuitively. Oh, thank you. I'm so proud of you. Because it's no, it's, takes, takes one to know one. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> I mean, again, we could have a whole nother conversation yeah. on that. Um, okay, what do you want more of? I want to be able to celebrate. Mm. I want to, and and that goes for other people too, because I think that I can get into a mindset of feeling it's a scarcity mindset again that someone else's win means my loss or like seeing someone else do really, really well and something is like, oh, I should have done this or like a reminder of, or even when I can celebrate someone else, but like just being like, we're allowed to like stop and put on a little party hat and like feel good and it doesn't have to be a finish line and someone else's win isn't someone else's loss. It's like so abundant. That's exactly, you've said this too, what I hope that this particular podcast can do is this brand of podcast that I'm trying to create with this project is like, get people, give people a trampoline, give people some new things that they can turn to, to be their happy thank you more please list, to be their like cozy, warm blanket for your heart pieces of content and music and art and people and podcasts that they can turn to. And that's what I want Let It Out to be as a whole is like a project that makes people feel seen and less alone because maybe they won't relate to me, but they might relate to one of the 300 some people I've (laughs) spoken to on here, you know? No, I love that. I really love love it. I love chatting. We didn't even get to our author and it's um, so late. <laughs> oh my god, it's so it's late. It's our bedtime. So we're you'll come back and we'll do like a yes, deep dive please. into Arthur. Is there anything that you feel like we didn't get to? No, I love it. This was a delight. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that was my episode with Ella. Get obsessed with her and the series. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back soon. But in the meantime, if you are still listening all the way to the end, we have a little bit more Francis Ha discussion at the end of this, if you want to keep listening to us. But if you do listen all the way to the end, put this emoji on Ella's Instagram, on the series Instagram, on my Instagram as little secret code to let us know you're listening all the way to the end. Ella, what is your favorite emoji? The denim pants. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want to share about the series, about something you're learning? Anything else that you want to let out? (laughs) That's such a good question. I mean, I just feel really grateful to have had this experience with you both recording the episode and then also even us going back and forth as to what to do and what is the space that you're creating. And it's I'm just really appreciative that I've got to be a part of it. Oh, that means so much. And that's really, really nice. And, you know, actually, we have been voice texting back and forth through my entire trip and having a lot of conversations about the anti-racism work that we're doing, about processing what's happening with coronavirus, about other strange art things and what's happening with us work-wise and family-wise and relationship-wise. And it's been a really cool pen pal relationship. And I'm 
very grateful for you. I'm so grateful for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company known for its mushrooms. They have so many products and their mushroom coffee is my favorite right now, but they have all these different powders and elixirs and I've put them in oatmeal before. I put them in yogurt. They're my favorite. I have even had the founder Taro on the podcast years ago. Their mushroom coffee with lion's mane is really my favorite right now. It helps me focus even more than just regular coffee. Lion's Mane supports productivity and creativity, which is really cool. It also has chaga in it, which is known as the king of mushrooms. And it's one of my favorite of the functional mushrooms. This has compounds that have antioxidants in them. It's immune supporting, which is great right now. And I know that you're probably thinking, does this coffee taste like mushrooms? But I can guarantee it tastes great. And you don't taste the mushrooms. And what's cool about the mushroom coffee is it doesn't leave me feeling jittery or crashing. And all of Four Sigmatic's products are organic, vegan, gluten-free. Every single batch is third-party tested for heavy metals and allergens and bad bacterias and yeasts and molds and pesticides to ensure our safety, which is really cool. So you know you're getting the highest quality coffee and mushrooms possible. Best of all, Four Sigmatic stands behind their products unconditionally with a 100% money back guarantee. Love every sip or get your money back. I've worked out an exclusive offer for Let It Out podcast listeners. Happy Thank You More Please podcast listeners. You can receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic order. Now is the perfect time to try Four Sigmatic's best-selling mushroom coffee or any of their other products. Just go to foursigmatic.com slash Katie and use the code Katie at checkout. K-A-T-I-E. That's foursigmatic.com slash Katie. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash Katie to receive 15% off your order. Thank you so much for Sigmatic. Let's maybe each say one Francis Ha quote, maybe that we haven't said. Okay, to, I to might wrap. be the second. To... Okay, but, oh, I have, I have your. Oh, list good. Oh, good. May good, I good. say them? Okay, yeah. I'm just gonna go through them. Your your number one that we both had uh-huh. was I'm not a real person yet, Absolutely. which we've covered. Yeah, which is like something I think about and say all the time. Yeah. There's a few movie lines that like you can say in real life that like if people have seen the movie, they'll get a laugh at. And if they haven't, they'll just think it's your line. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, and you get the credit. It's amazing. And we can pull it off because we are, you know, like I don't think anyone could pull off that line, but I say I'm not a real person yet all, all the time. <laughs> like when I run out of toilet paper, especially, yeah. which happens. I have trouble leaving places. places. <gasps> How did we not talk about oh my that? God, I that don't know. is really really deeply and then when like Adam Driver is leaving in one scene and he's yep. like catch on the flip side and she's like he leaves places easily. so easily I yeah. know and that's what like that and then she's talking about this quote in the context of she's in her after a show she's taking dressing forever in, in the dressing room and even as a kid like I was always the last kid out of Me the too. locker room I was always like still putting on my shoes like I just even now like somehow I'll look and I'll be like even right now like in this moment I'm having trouble leaving you that's why my podcast is so long okay another one you said was some oh we talked about this sometimes it's good to do what you are supposed to do when you are supposed to do it 
she mentions that in the context of going to Paris and reading Kafka on the way, right? Yeah, or Proust. Proust, yeah. Proust, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like midnight. Okay, oh, this one this one was definitely yours, and this is one that like I, I did not stick out to is me, but now brunch? every time I watch it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. can you say it? Uh, is when, like, she's drunk and with Sophie in a bathroom, and Sophie's trying to be like, I'm not doing this with you, and she's like, talk to me, I'm your real friend, don't treat me like a two-hour brunch friend, is that it? Three-hour Three brunch, brunch friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just have some of those friends, and the other ones aren't. Oh, that's so good and then we a little bit cover this but we have to do it one more time which was you got this money wise and she says that to patch who's this like finance guy who ends up marrying her best friend and they're like she orders a really expensive <laughs> bottle of vodka and it's like you got this money wise it is hilarious. It, it's so good. It's so uh, give me an oh example of you using that line. Oh, every time the, a check comes. In the wild. Really? Every, every time a check comes. Really? See, I like don't have the confidence for that. I'd be like, no, 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 let me Venmo you. I think, uh, no, I do it. I mean, I don't mean it. And I think that like. But what if someone doesn't get it? Oh, I, 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 I can read a room. Okay. You know what I mean? But no, the people that I frequently eat with are probably sick of it because I can't not do it. Right. Even to my dad. I'll be like, you got this money-wise. Oh my God, it's so, I'm gonna start. Yeah, but wait, today when I was watching one, there was another that I wanna add to Mm -hmm. this. And I think given uh, our conversation earlier was good is when she's on the date with Adam Driver, he's like, you like basketball? And she said, no, that was just one time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I hadn't caught that. I don't yeah. think. I was like, oh, that's so good. That's what's so fun about loving a movie with someone yeah. because then you can watch it again. And like a bunch of these that you said didn't stand out to me at yeah. all. But now every time <laughs> I watch them, they are. Um, we didn't talk about I'm not messy. I'm busy. I think about that all the time, too, because it's just a truth of being an adult that like you get more messy when you don't have a lot of everything gets more messy when you're busy and then the last one which I think is just the best one of the film is I like things that look like mistakes me too favorite 